Welcome everyone to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker and today we have some special guests with us. So I'm going to let each of you introduce yourself to those who are watching and listening. So Chief, if we could start with you. Sure. Uh, Chief Master Sergeant Kevin Thomas. I'm the uh, Command Senior Enlisted Leader for the South Carolina National Guard and the State Command Chief for the South Carolina Air National Guard. So I am Rico Brown. I am the Director of Psychological Health for the South Carolina Air National Guard. And on drill weekends, I serve as uh, Lieutenant Brown for the Army, South Carolina Army National Guard. I am First Lieutenant Chantel Johnson, and I am a behavioral health officer, and Rico is my peer. Cool. <laughs> well, I really appreciate all of you coming in um, today to talk to us about what we're going to be talking about. So um, we're just going to jump right in, and basically um, this is going to be um, focus towards the stigma of getting help with behavioral health. So um, if y'all would like to just kind of talk about what your section does and all that. Okay, so as a behavioral health officer, we advocate on behalf of soldiers. Um, and really what that is a part of is making sure that they are mentally fit to stay in the fight. Um, we have soldiers that come to us with a slew of issues and we just make sure that they're getting the care that they need um, from a civilian provider or even from a, me a military provider. So really just taking care of them mentally. Yeah, I think we also provide an opportunity for members to get guidance. Um, even though there's a lot of research, there's a lot of uh, Internet searching that you can do. A lot of members, it's like a face to face, you know, somebody they can put a name with the face to somebody they built rapport with. Uh, if I can say, hey, I know Rico Brown, he's a DPH, I've talked to him, he's a cool guy, or I know Lieutenant uh, Johnson, or one of the behavioral health specialists, I can put a name with a face and I feel comfortable talking to that person. Um, we provide that service where you can even come and say, hey, I'm just asking for a friend. Maybe it's you, I'd never know. Mm -hmm. So before we go more into what we were talking about before the podcast started, I want to um, let viewers and those listening kind of understand the difference because I was honestly confused before. And so can, what's the difference between your sections and where you are compared to like the stuff that we've talked about with like service member family care, the civilian behavioral health. Can you kind of differentiate your positions compared to what those are? Yep. So as a director of psychological health, um, I am, I am, ch I am not challenged. I am, I have the opportunity to serve members in the capacity of a brief solution focused counseling um, role. So that means members can come to me and they can talk about marital issues. They can talk about financial issues. They can talk about possible anxiousness on the job, stress with girlfriend, boyfriend, doesn't matter, right? Those are small issues, surface issues. We can talk about those all day. They never leave my office. Um, and that is the luxury that members have with having someone on base, face-to-face -face interaction. Um, there's also the component of consultation, right? So member may just come and say, hey, I just want to know about this. Maybe get some guidance. I provide that service as well. The difference, right, because that is also what a behavioral health um, specialist and a military family life counselor can do. The difference is when it comes to deployability, uh, me me medical readiness and functionality in my job, um, I have to intervene in that way so that a member can remain ready. And then I in, in, interact with leadership to make sure that they get the care that they need so that when the time comes for them to deploy, um, we can make sure that those resources are in place. 
And man, we were talking before, I didn't realize that that's an actual MOS. So can you kind of yes. like talk more about that? Sure. So it is 73 Alpha, which is a clinical social worker. Um, in that same MOS, you're also able to have a clinical psychologist. And we don't have any in the state. We have mostly social workers. Um, but Rico's job is the exact same job that we have, but in uniform. So we make sure that when it's ready, when soldiers are ready to deploy, that they are able to deploy um, from a behavioral health standpoint. So we have PAs, we have docs that work on them in terms of their physical health. So we are ensuring that they're ready for the fight um, mentally and emotionally. And so really what that means, a lot of case management um, and just ensuring that people are seeking the care that they that they need so that when they do, are ready to deploy, that they can deploy. Um, the goal has always been for people to get back in the fight, get the care they need, and go back to work. And so we really are advocates for the soldier and for to get back in the fight. It is never the um, – the stigma has always been you go to mental health, you get kicked out, but mm -hmm. that is the exact opposite of what we do. Mm -hmm. And and really, that's that's really what we're pushing for. Yeah, from the senior leadership standpoint, we want to help get that out. The TAG and myself want to let the soldiers and the airmen know, hey, if you've got some issues you need to talk to some people about, that's fine. We would rather you, rather you get those addressed, and then we get you back in the fight to complete your uh, time in the service if you stay 20 years or six years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we also tell people, hey, if you feel like your career is being uh, hurt because you sought some help, come to my office. Uh, mm -hmm. I can walk right down to the TAG's office and we get stuff addressed. Mm -hmm. So we really are trying to get rid of that stigmatism that it's a bad thing to go see mental health. It's a good thing, kind of like you're going to see your primary care physician once a year. Mm -hmm. um, if you've got some things, reach out to people about it and we'll get you some help and back into the fight. Yep. Yeah, and I'm glad that um, both of you brought that up because my next question was going to be, what's the difference between prevention versus crisis? Can you kind of explain a little bit more about that? Yep. Um, so I like to call it catching the snowball before it becomes, I guess, a snowman or before it forms <laughs> a snowman. So um, a lot of issues form with just small tidbits of stress, right? And uh, very often we see soldiers or airmen um, come to us and maybe they've had this small issue that they maybe have never addressed over a year post-deployed three or four times, and I've never told anybody how I was feeling. I've never expressed um, that I've had some challenges with sleeping. I've never expressed over the last two or three years that I've had challenges in my marriage. Never had a relationship, uh, never expressed that I had relationship issues. And now, three years later, when things get big, when I'm about to lose my marriage, when I'm about to lose uh, custody, when I'm about to um, lose my job because I can't function, I'm not sleeping well, losing energy, those types of things are happening. Um, unfortunately, now, because I've waited so long, I'm meeting criteria for a possible diagnosis that's making me, and it's not the diagnosis, right? You can have a diagnosis. So many people in the military have a diagnosis. It's the fact that now it is impacting your ability to function in your job, so that is the, the crisis part of it. What, what, what the message that we'd like to get out is come to us early so we can help you to cope with that. We can help you to cope with it early so that it doesn't impact your job, it doesn't impact your work, your family. Come and let us help you. Right. And, and really, 
whatever you're dealing with, we want you to be at your best. We want you to feel at your best. And if you are constantly feeling down, um, sad and anxious, you know, that is not what we want for you. Mm -hmm. And so we really just want to help. Um, yes, things could be okay and you could feel really down, but I think at the end of the day, I think everyone just cares about your well being. So you don't have to be embarrassed or ashamed if, you know, some people just say, oh, well, I have everything going right for me and, and I don't need to seek help. But if, if you don't feel that way, then just come see us. Yeah, and an example of that, I've shared this story before, um, but, you know, us in the um, in senior leadership, everybody thinks, hey, y'all got everything together. You've never had any issues. You know, years ago, we had two kids that were within, you know, 18 months of each other, and that was a new thing for a young couple. And and, you know, my wife said, hey, I think we need to come speak to somebody. And I was like, okay, uh, well, let's go go talk to them. We got there, and the, the counselor said, well, your wife thinks you have a problem. Do you think you have a problem? And I said, well, if my wife thinks we have a problem, we have a problem. <laughs> uh, so, so we had a couple sessions. We had two sessions. And then after that, hey, we're good to go. And we just, you know, a couple months ago, celebrated 20 years of marriage. And by to that exact Example, when it's something smaller that can be addressed. I didn't go to the military because really back in the, the historical standpoint, hey, if you wouldn't ask for a question, it was, or ask for help historically, it was viewed negatively. It was back then. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't think that's the case, and that's part of the reason we're all here today to help communicate that. Mm-hmm. But to your exact uh, specific issue, hey, I had a small issue. We addressed it. Hey, we're doing great. Mm-hmm. I'm senior leader in the South Carolina National Guard. So mm-hmm. I, I've asked for help, gotten it and was never out of the fight, and here we are today. So yeah. that, that's a great point. It works. I, I agree, Chief. I've um, the, best, the best information or the best advice that I got early on in my career as a social worker was to seek counseling for yourself. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be a, 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 a crisis, right? But in our work, self-care is so big, right? And we're talking about prevention if I'm not talking about the many cases or the many people that comes to, to my office or in my presence, right, and, and talking about, hey, this may have impacted or this is how I'm feeling or I may have at some point had um, um, some perception about it and, and get that thought process out of my head to someone who's non-biased, it works. It helps me to process better. Um, so I say that to say if I am getting counseling, to help to process all of what I have to do in my job, I promise, guys, it works for you. I wouldn't tell you to do something that I haven't done on my own. Yeah, and I want to kind of go back to um, what you guys were talking about with seeking the help before and not waiting. But also sometimes you get caught up in everything and you might not realize that there's an issue, that you have an issue. And um, what, what advice would you give to somebody who, they have all these feelings, they're going through the motions of life, and they don't realize that they need help. Um, and I'm not talking about like denial, because I mean, that's another I- issue. But I'm talking about the ones who they just they they feel a certain way, but they don't understand why or they don't realize until maybe it's too late or somebody else re- notices that they are different in a certain way. And they get it brought up to them like what what are some signs or how would you advise somebody to like I guess, figure out what they need out of that. I would say that if at any point in your life, um, your feelings and emotions, your thoughts are affecting the way that you interact with the people around you, um, or if it is interact or if it's complicating work, 
um, then that is a time you need to seek help. Um, I hope I'm answering that without being too vague. Mm -hmm. But I'll just give an example. If I'm not normally a person that cries a lot and I find myself crying every single time I have to go into work or go to certain places, then maybe I know that that my normal, I'm out of my normal, and maybe I need to seek help. Or if I know if I came back from a deployment and all of a sudden I can't sleep and I never had a problem falling asleep, then that is when you go seek help. So the answer to that is know yourself and know what your normal feels like and so that when you are outside of your normal, um, then you can seek help. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Um, Even the reverse of that too, you know, staying in bed, all day, losing energy, um, not really having the initiative to go out and do things that you would normally like to do. A lot of guys like to play games. A lot of females like to hang out with their uh, friends or go out on a night or, you know, do a girl's night. doesn't matter, right? Whatever your normal activities are, if you're losing pleasure and interest in doing that type of stuff and you don't want to do it anymore, you isolate more often, it's kind of a time to say, hey, you know what, maybe I need to go and do that yearly checkup like I do my medical for my mental health. And with that, I kind of want to go into my next question. So what exactly is treatment? What does that look like? Treatment is, so in the civilian world, um, medical, uh, outpatient, and urgent care. That's kind of the tier. So your urgent care is uh, brief, solution focus, right? You got an aching uh, headache, and they'll prescribe you something real quick and get you back on the road, right? Um, Your... Outpatient is when you're going and you're getting some treatment and you're getting an appointment and you're going for an issue over a a brief period of time for a couple of months and you're getting treatment for that issue. Your emergency room is when you're like, hey, this is hurting way more than I can handle. I can't wait for an appointment. I need to get something right now. Um, Treatment for the medical mental health side of the house looks exactly the same. We are your urgent cares, right? So we're going to treat you with some brief solution focus. We're going to then, if we cannot manage what you have going on within two or three visit sessions, right, uh, we will probably send you out for an outpatient visit, right, similar to your medical side of the house. Outpatient is going to be you having an appointment with a provider, being a, a social worker, a licensed professional counselor, or a psychologist, depending on what you're going through. Um, and you're going to set up appointments with them over a period of a couple of months. That is treatment. That's you processing your thoughts and feelings, changing some perceptions about some of the thought patterns you have, changing some habits, some behaviors that you've had, or maybe you've um, gotten into a habit of doing over a period of time and they become kind of a negative habit. Um, and we want to change those. So that is what treatment looks like. It could also look like treatment and crisis do we want to get into that yeah so just to um, echo what you were saying about treatment yes you go to therapy to help with um, habits and behaviors but sometimes you know our brains are so used to functioning a certain way that it becomes a habit to your brain right and so there's a lot of dopamine and a lot of that we could go into but I think sometimes medication helps to um, get us out of those same habits it changes the way that our brains function 
in the way that it processes information. It Sometimes it can slow things down so that you can process things and you could respond the way that you want to respond in certain situations. Um, but yeah, we can go into crisis. So crisis is that emergency level care. You are, I need help right now. Um, I'm going to hurt myself. I'm, I'm going to hurt myself. That's real. Or I want to hurt someone else. Um, that's crisis. These are that's a crisis situation um, that requires you to go to the hospital, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it would be the same if you got in a car accident, right? And you went through a windshield. You would go to the emergency room because you are in a crisis. Some something happened. Um, you can't handle it. So it's the same. The reason the military uses us as behavioral health and civilian behavioral health providers is because they want to see you guys interact with us at that urgent care level, right? Early intervention, come and get help before it be turn, uh, come and get help before it becomes a crisis. Well, well, speaking of that, if let's say you treat them for a little while, then you say, hey, we're going to refer you out here. I guess the real world question is, hey, who pays for that at that time point? Because the service member may say, hey, I want to get help, but I can't afford it because of whatever situation. Good question. Um, So there's a few resources I can think of off top, right? One is a really great one, and a lot of people don't kind of buy into it because they don't know the process. So Military One Source is really good. Yeah. 12 free sessions of outpatient, that outpatient level of care that we talked about where you go and process therapy. Um, That is a conversation with you, another provider on the phone, and you're telling them, hey, this is what I'm going through. I'm not sure what's happening. I'd like to talk to someone. You know, a lot of your employers will have a benefit similar to that. That's good for you or your family Mm -hmm. member as well. Agreed. So that's something that they could be thinking about. Hey, I'll call my employer, my HR department. Mm -hmm. They may have something like that as well. Yep. For for our traditional guardsmen, um, they may have TRICARE Select or a civilian insurance. So those guys, where we can help at is um, it's kind of hard sometimes to find who's in network, out of network, who takes my insurance, who doesn't. We can help you at least to point you in the right direction of some providers and to categorize them in your area, your zip code, who takes your insurance, what type of specialty they're in. Uh, that's a big help, a big lift off of somebody's shoulders. Because so, if somebody's already confused and needs some help, yeah. and trying to go through the process to find that out right. if they've yeah. never done that before, yep. that just adds to the stress. Agreed. So if y'all can help funnel that, you're absolutely yep. right. That's a benefit in itself. Yep, yep. I had a, a few airmen to come to me and soldiers Um, to come to me asking for, hey, how do I get in touch with the right provider? And so I can go online, I can help them to navigate what that looks like, help them to find a provider. And sometimes we can even have a a picture that shows a name, a face, and a biography of what their specialty is. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, this person sounds like they might be a good fit for me. Um, You want to talk about AGR technician or you want me to keep going? You sure? Okay. Uh, Okay, so your your AGRs and your active duty guys, uh, you are on TRICARE Prime um, or TRICARE Prime Remote. So that means that the military is footing the bill for all of your mental health and medical issues. Um, You are going to access your nearest military training treatment facility, which is either Jackson or Shaw here in the state of South Carolina. Um, That means that they will assess you much like we will do initially, and then they will refer you out to a provider that is on station, which will most likely be a social worker or a psychologist. Um, <clears throat> and then for your technicians, you guys are military members in uniform, but pretty much you're civilians. You're just wearing the uniform. 
you have the civilian insurance. So same thing works kind of like your traditional. We can help you all as well to find a provider in the community that may fit your insurance in your area. And that's a convenient drive within your home base or when you have some time off. So we'll be in, we'll, you can access us to help you to find those resources. Don't do it alone. And I also want to bring up um, soldiers who have recently deployed and when they come back from deployment, one of the the biggest resources, right, is the VA. Mm-hmm. You can always seek free treatment at the VA um, if you have if you are a veteran. So they have behavioral health treatment. They have um, all forms: inpatient, outpatient, crisis. Um, we have service members who struggle with drug addictions. So drug dependency issues, you can go there for that as well before it becomes an issue that affects your military career. So, yes, the VA, I don't think you mentioned that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're yeah. right. You're the right. VA is a very good resource. And so what I'm hearing here is y'all talked about three different resources just off the top of our head. So the VA, which is a good fit for some and not good for others. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, military one source. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have, let's say some people don't have insurance. That's mm-hmm. just some of the younger um, soldiers and airmen. And yep. also your insurance, uh, if you have TRICARE or if you have a civilian insurance, mm-hmm. those are three options mm-hmm. um, that are out there without even digging any further. So, and y'all can help them get to the right place. So yes. that, we just want to make sure those resources are available out there. Yep, yep. A lot of members have uh, trouble navigating the VA. Yes. They, I hear a lot, you know, yeah. I'll call the VA and no one answers. Or I'll uh, go up to the VA and I don't know where the heck to even start at. Um, transition care management is a section in the VA. They will literally, you call them, they will literally walk you through sections of the VA and make sure you get the consult that you need for care. If you are post-deployment, you've got a DD-214 saying that you've had some, some, uh, overseas time and supported a a military operation that is a hundred percent free service. Mm -hmm. So don't get caught up in the weeds of, Oh my God, I don't like the VA. I don't get to, um, I don't know how to navigate it. There are, uh, if you can't find that, I will direct you to it. I have a direct contact to transition care management and the vet center. Great free resources. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah. Well, before we close out, is there anything else that maybe we didn't talk about that you would like to kind of say or um, anything like that? Um, What to expect when they see us? I think that's kind of a process. Maybe we can be transparent. So there's no reason to be fearful. Um, It really is just treatment or just coming to see us is really a conversation. Mm -hmm. We will ask you some questions and you, you answer us. And I always tell people that the more honest you are with me, the more I can assist you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that establishing that good relationship, that honest, trustworthy relationship during that first initial session is, is so important. So that's one of just the caveats that I give people when they, when they sit down in front of me. Yep, I agree. And one of the things you can expect when you come to see us is, you know, we will let you know what we are obligated to tell and what we're obligated to make sure stays within our threshold of our office. Can you do that at the beginning of the conversation? I will right? do that at the you beginning do. of the conversation. And I promise if anything ever, it, there will be nothing that will leave my office. That's not, that does not, um, um, that stays within the confident, uh, the limits of confidentiality. Um, so as long as you're not trying to hurt yourself, as long as you're not trying to hurt somebody else, you've got no crime, no fraud, any of that stuff. We can talk all day. I will tell you all those things up front so you don't end up incriminating yourself while you're in session with me. 
And before I we close out, could you just um, give your contact information for those who are trying to figure out where to go, where to start from, if you could just give them uh, some of your contact information? Yep, you can reach me. Um, my office is room 75. I'm in the air traffic control building um, right across from the medical group building. Um, my office number is 803-647-83-8173, 803-647-8173. And then my cell phone number for me directly is 803-738-5847. You can reach me directly. You can text me. You can email me at rico.brown.1 at us.af.mil. I'll get back to you and we can set up an appointment. So Rico is Way more important than me. (laughs) He has a cell phone, office phone. I don't have any of that. But you can always come and see me. I am located in um, the Merck and in the behavioral health section in the medical area. So you can always come see me there. Okay. Well, I really appreciate all of you coming in today and talking about this. It's a topic that we've talked about several times before, and it's going to be a continuing conversation. Um, So I really appreciate you guys stopping by. Um, Real quick. Yeah. I'm sorry. Real quick. Quick resource. So military one source. We talked about that. We, We currently on the Air Guard side have a military family life counselor. She is military one source pretty much on base. Her name is Miss Avita Woods. She services military members and families as well. Free, confidential. She does not take documentation or notes. So I want you guys as, fam- as uh, service members to also let your families know that if they need some confidential counseling, that is a free resource for them as well. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, but, again, thank you all for coming. And um, for those of you who are watching and listening, make sure you like this video. Um, give it a big thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, make sure you hit the subscribe button, and we will catch you guys in the next episode.